MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We keep it rolling. Hour two here on the Nightcap on VSIN live from the Circus Sportsbook. Always great to have Josh Applebaum stop on by. Um, You know, obviously we've... We've had Josh on the network for quite some time, but have him out here in the flesh and uh, have him joining us here. Uh, so make sure to check him out, him and uh, Mr. Maher tomorrow, the Lombardi line with uh, Michael taking a little vacation, a little time off for uh, the former GM. So uh, appreciate Josh stopping by. Get you updated on the, uh, on. Uh, is this the only, yeah, no, no basketball games. They're all done. It feels weird. Last night, that game, the Warriors and Lakers, Jeff, didn't end until about 20 minutes to go in our show. That's the best, isn't it? Oh, it's tremendous. I mean, we were <laughs> we were doing <laughs> pretty much play-by-play. We'll, we'll have to tweak the way we uh, we go about it. I mean, it was just that one, it was that, you know, March Madness feel to oh, it. Oh, of course. And for Adam Silver, we've talked about it quite a bit. You could not have asked for a, a better scenario. You've got the Lakers, you've got the Warriors, Got the one of the top two premier franchises, top three player of all time, player of the generation, two time. I mean, everything, all the stars aligned, and it was an instant classic with with drama and everything. I mean, it was perfect. Hey, hey, I mean, they got, you got everything you wanted. And in all honesty, Tim, because uh, full disclosure, I was I, I was in an airport yesterday. I did not see the first game. I know it was close. Yeah, you were good. Uh, I, I think it was all it's right. Close at the end. But uh, I, look, I got I landed in Vegas right as the the Laker game got to halftime. Oh, nice. Which was perfect because that second half was great. Oh, that yeah. That second half was great, and 
Again, obviously, the, the lucky heave by LeBron, who are claiming he can't see after Draymond popped him in the face pretty good. But look, I, everything you wanted, and, and based off the television ratings, Tim, this thing is here to stay. Oh, this yeah. thing's sticking around. I mean, look, it, it was it was ideal uh, yes. for them, but uh, you, there are going to be years where it's going to be, you know, Hawks and, no offense, Hawk fans, <laughs> uh, you know, Hawks and... Uh, you, get, you, get, you get games like Indiana and Charlotte. Yeah. I mean, look, the whole Eastern Conference play-in tournament was horrible. Yes. It was not. It was blowout, blowout, blowout. And the teams that ended up not making the bracket, their losses were embarrassments. They were legitimate embarrassments, Tim. The, the Hornets legitimately in the first quarter two nights ago we're like, well, we're down 16. Let's pack it up. We're done. We're not even trying the rest of the game. And tonight, at least Indiana had the wherewithal to keep it somewhat competitive for a half. <laughs> and then you give up 48 points in the third quarter. You know, one thing I'm going to talk to JVT uh, about, and he was tweeting about it. JVT going to join us here in a couple minutes. And we, and we saw it down in the bubble. And we talked about it quite a bit last night on uh, on the uh, on the show. And what frustrated me, once again, I had the Lakers on a money line situation, but midway through that third quarter, they were running sets through Andre Drummond. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then the game turned when AD went to the five. That's when the game turned. As, as soon as Andre Drummond, they threw it into him in the post. He turns the ball over. Next possession, Steph Curry hits a 30-footer, and it's a 12-point lead with five minutes to go in the third quarter. They bring in Wes Matthews. Yep. Andre Drummond goes out. Drummond doesn't see the floor the remainder of the game, and the Lakers win. That is their best lineup. And Anthony Davis, once again, we'll talk to JVT about this, when he was at the five, he was incredibly efficient offensively. Well, I mean, just look at the run through the bubble last year. That was when the Lakers won their title because of that lineup with AD at the five last year. And yeah, I know there were other pieces there, but you can't. Look, Andre Drummond should not. This series is a little bit different coming up against Phoenix because you do have to neutralize Aiden. But in all honesty, the AD's. A better, a much better defender than Drummond is at this point. So, oh, yeah. why are we even bothering with Drummond? What Drummond? And you, and you brought up a good point, though, Tim. In there, yeah. Wesley Matthews made a ginormous impact yesterday, yeah. and he look. I'm not going to say he was the key to victory, but he made four huge plays in the fourth quarter that flipped that game. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. VGK in Minnesota, uh, still two to one. Uh, the Wild leading the Golden Knights. JVT, right now. liars, but uh, I am one. Uh, JVT, not right now. Uh, he'll be on in just a couple of moments, working through some uh, technical snafus, but we'll talk to JVT, our senior NBA analyst here, momentarily. We have the Eastern Conference portion of the playoffs all ready to go. Yes, we do. Your seven seed, as you well know, the Boston Celtics, who are a massive underdog, the biggest underdog right now. Don't have a series price yet on the Wizards, but they will remain the biggest underdog uh, because the Wizards go on to play Philadelphia. I think you and I are a little bit different. Um, you believe... Mm, Minus 500 range. I'm more in the minus yeah. six to 700 range for Philadelphia, but 
they're they're going to be a significant favorite, no surprise there. Um, but uh, Washington wins, and look, I, I think what Washington can do is what what they have as an eight seed, and and hell, what we'll have in both eight seeds this year, assuming the Warriors win tomorrow night. If the Warriors win tomorrow night, at least there's intrigue. At least there's sexiness to the eight seed. Usually, you know, you get those eight seeds. It's a it's a young team. Maybe they got some up and comers, and they know they're going to get smashed. You know, this year, Bradley Beal, Russell, you got a rain, you got an MVP on one of their teams, and you got the guy who was second in scoring in Bradley Beal. Are the Sixers going to win that series? Yes, but yeah. intrigue. There could be some games. There, you know, Wizards could sneak out a win for sure. And then you got the Warriors, who we know after Steph, it's a massive drop-off. But that all being said, dude, it's dropping 32 points a game. People are going to bet Golden State in 100%. that series, Bryce. Like, 100%. Assuming, assuming they take care of business tomorrow. And, and look, I, I I think they will. I like what you're saying with Josh. If that gets to five, that's one thing in, in betting Golden State tomorrow. Yeah. But it's you're in a scenario where do you really think Steph Curry's going to let them lose that game tomorrow? Like, like that's, I know that's a very simplistic square handicap I just gave, but that feels like a scenario where Steph is not going to allow Golden State to let them lose tomorrow. And then look, if Donovan Mitchell's not healthy, we know we expect them back on Sunday for game one, but if Donovan Mitchell's not healthy, that might not be a fun time for Utah. Well, let's bring in our senior NBA analyst. It is Jonathan Von Tobel. Uh, we have one game tomorrow, JVT. It is the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Curious to get your thoughts on this because um, I, I like the Wizards tonight. I ended up having them in a money line parlay, so it wasn't a, a play on the Wizards, but I felt like people would have seen what the Pacers did, how the Wizards played and reacted that way. I feel like the public's going to be all over Steph Curry. They were impressed by what they did against the Lakers. What's your thought process heading into this game tomorrow as some fours are starting to pop out there for uh, for the Warriors laying four at home? So I, I would generally agree with it, Tim. You know, if you look at the three games that these teams played in the regular season, right? Warriors had a pretty good edge, but they had a good, they had a big edge defensively. Held the Grizzlies to about a 101.1 uh, offensive rating, 107.1 themselves offensively. So they didn't really perform that well on that end of the floor. We know that this is kind of a limited team in that regard, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I think when you look at what. Memphis is not good at, right? Their weakness at this point defensively, it's their perimeter defense. Remember, this is a team that, you know, pulls assistance from the Milwaukee tree. So they have a same similar defensive concept. And one of those is we're going to plant guys back, drop coverage on pick and rolls. We're going to allow some perimeter shots to prioritize rim defense. And that works against you in certain matchups. And I think it works against them with a team like Golden State, who has an elite perimeter player in Steph Curry. You know, it's why they have that winning record against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's why Steph Curry had such a big game against them in the end of the regular season, offensive rating a 114.1 in that one. So I, I would generally agree with this. You know, I like Memphis. Uh, I was on them in the opening number three and a half against San Antonio. I, I think for the most part, there's things to like about them in certain matchups. But in this kind of a matchup, I think the edge goes to uh, Golden State. And in these types of games, elimination games, matchups are very important in what teams can exploit. It's very important to look at and realize it. So I would agree with the market move here, the sentiment that the Golden State Warriors are going to cover and move on. JVT, let's advance the Warriors for the sake of this question. Obviously, Utah is waiting for the winner tomorrow night. Uh, We expect Donovan Mitchell to play. That was the report today uh, after uh, the long absence with the ankle injury. What would you expect the price to be on a Warriors-Jazz series? And would you give Golden uh, Golden State a chance to actually win that series against Utah? 
Uh, so I'm I'm never really great at series prices, Jeff. I, I'd say it's definitely going to be over three dollars in mm-hmm. terms of you in favor of Utah, maybe even four. Like, look, I I just this Golden State team has its flaws, right? In matchups like against Memphis and, and these other play-in teams outside of the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, they're going to be able to be tough and they're going to be able to hang with them. But the, the, this team realized that even remember that 14-13 game stretch where Steph Curry was averaging nearly 40 points per game and the way he's been playing going to ask me which 14 game stretch. Uh, but it's like, you know, it's it was when he started on this run, they were still 18th in offensive efficiency. You know, it's still a team that finished in the bottom half of the league. I think 19th in terms of offensive efficiency for the season. There's no other offensive vowels for this team outside of Curry. Look at the second half, right, of the Lakers game. Second half of the Lakers game, they averaged, I think their offensive rating was like 85.7. This is a team that's severely limited, and now you have a team in Utah who is very good defensively, including Rudy Gobert. They're not going to give up anything in the rim. So Curry, in a seven-game series, or a best-of-seven, as you put it that way, he'll get you a game. Maybe he'll get you two. But I just think over the course of a series, which is why we play these, right, so the better team can win, you know, you have these sample sizes play out. I just think it's hard for them to move on. So I think it's probably in the range of about $4, and I wouldn't really give them much of an opportunity to move on. Well, uh, we just heard an uproar in uh, in the book behind us as the Golden Knights have tied up the Minnesota Wild 2-2, two two, uh, which uh, for the moment, I like this. Uh, if we could get two to two going in regulation right now, <laughs> going into overtime, that would be fine because I got plus uh, plus two ninety five on overtime and under five and a half, so that would be cool with me. Uh, we're chatting with JVT. Um, we saw the Wizards uh, dispose of the Pacers today. Um, just no no effort there from uh, from Indiana in the second half. Similar question to uh, to what you know Jeff just asked about Golden State. Um, I, I'm looking at this as you know Wizards probably in that plus 450, plus 500 range. How big of an underdog do you consider the Wizards going up against the Sixers uh, in this series that starts on Sunday? And do you think they they steal a game or two? Uh, so I, they're going to be a really, really big underdog yeah. here against Philly. And, you know, Washington, Tim, you, you, again, we're talking about, like, the way that what you do well, right, and what you can do to exploit the other team in front of you. So tonight's a good example. I wrote about this in the game notes. Coming into today, Washington had played three games with Indiana. In those three games, they had taken a total of 90 attempts within four feet of the basket. They hit 73% of those attempts in those three regular season games. Then you go to tonight. What happens? Well, they just shoot a 21 one of 23, draw seven shooting fouls and then four feet of the basket. So the weaknesses that Indiana had in the three matchups against Washington, the Wizards exploited that. You're not going to find those weaknesses against this Philadelphia defense, right? Washington is a team that likes to get up and down the floor. Washington is a team that likes to predicate their offense on attacking within four feet of the basket, finding guys outside. Russell Westbrook, he's great at that. You're just not going to find those opportunities against Philadelphia, right? Even from a size perspective, Philadelphia has a massive edge. They have the wing defenders and perimeter defenders to take on anybody, whether it's Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, Davis Bertans, I, I just think they're going to be so hard-pressed to find offense, Washington. You know, again, we talk about these these opportunities, right, when you have elite scorers like Bradley Beal. Does he steal a game for you, potentially? Yeah, I, it's maybe in the cards, but I think this is a five-game series at best between these two. JVT, uh, I want to go to uh, the 2-7 out west. Obviously, the Lakers uh, went on the heave from, from LeBron last night. They'll get Phoenix. Uh, this has been a pretty nice-sized move uh, with the Suns getting the money since that series price posted, JVT. And and my question is very simple. Why? 
So, I, I mean, I would think, Jeff, it's because of the performance, right? You know, we're talking about an opener you alluded to about, what, 250 in some spots in favor of Los Angeles. And I, not a lot of people are impressed, right, with that first half especially. You're down by 13 points to Golden State, a perceived lesser team. But, you know, I the, the Lakers, if they want to be, and this is the very key, big key, right, if they want to be, they could be the second-half Lakers, right? Offensive rating a 122, net rating a plus 32. But when I say they want to be, it's because it's a choice. In the first half, they played Andre Drummond, and when he wasn't playing, they substituted him with Montrezl Harrell, playing the traditional center, not letting Anthony Davis play a power forward. Whenever it's to be not letting him play at center. When Anthony Davis was power forward, he was 1 of 11 from the floor. When he was center, he was 9 of 13. And they kicked the crap out of the Golden State Warriors in the second half. Yes, it was a three-point victory, but if you isolate those two quarters, third and fourth, it was an absolute domination by the Los Angeles Lakers statistically. And so if they want... And they go with these small ball lineups, this can be a very dominant team, but we haven't seen that, right? You know, last night was the most minutes Anthony Davis has played as center this season in one single game. And so that's going to be something that they have to make the choice. And I wrote about this today. You know, I, I think this is a Lakers series. And I wrote about this for Points for Weekly this week. I should put it that way. Very quietly, the Phoenix Suns guys, second half of the season, 20th in defensive efficiency. Last 10 games of the regular season, 27th in defensive efficiency. Their three-point shooting defensively, uh, it's, it spiked a little bit. First half of the year, 34% allowed to opposing shooters. Second half of the year, 37%. All season long, they have been the 30th worst defense or the 30th best defense, put it that way, in defensive efficiency in the fast break. And their rim defense got much worse. They went from 64% allowed within four feet of the basket in the first half to nearly 68% allowed in the second half. Those are all areas of the floor that LeBron James and the Lakers thrive in when they're like at their peak. So, like I'm I'm not surprised by the support for the Suns given what we saw from the Lakers. A lot of people really down on the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but I think if this second half Suns team, which is kind of what I expected. I've been on the show with you Tim and told you before that I was perplexed by the defensive intensity of the Suns at the beginning of the year. It's kind of what I expected a little bit more and if if I'm right about that, I think this is a six-game series for Los Angeles. Well, and, and that being said, and and I guess two because I saw you tweeting about this today, and, and we were talking about it last night, and it was driving me crazy. And the tweet that I put out with me just saying the game was cooked was I, I just I couldn't understand. Not only was Andre Drummond in the game, they were running sets through Andre <laughs> Drummond. I'm like, what are right. we doing here? And then they they yep. bring in Wes Matthews, they go to the small lineup, and they dominate, as you pointed out last night. So if they embrace AD at the five, which they should and which they did in the bubble. I, I agree. I mean, you saw, and you've pointed it out, what AD did against the Suns a couple weeks ago without LeBron, he dominated. They have no answer to AD. So at minus $1.45 right now at Circa and a bet MGM, is that a buy price for you on the Lakers at this series price? Yeah, yeah, I would say yes on the surface, Tim. There is some anecdotal evidence that kind of works against me that I haven't played yet. And you know me. I am all based in statistics and numbers, so I don't really <laughs> love anecdotal evidence. But, and you guys will know this the second I mention this, LeBron James and 0-1 series deficits go hand in hand, yep, right? It true. is the quintessential, hey, let's feel them out type of game. Now, it's a division rival, and they played him a couple of times. Who knows? Maybe that's different. Maybe there's a different intensity being a seventh seed. But anecdotally, we know that the, the game one of a series is LeBron James kind of taking it easy, feeling things out, studying things, and then we go from there for the rest of the series. So that's the one thing that I guess gives me a little trepidation. But for the most part, I, I just think it is a matchup that, that benefits the Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, given it statistically and, and the evaluation of both of these teams from the numbers, I would say yes, that is a buy price series-wise before the series starts at 145. Yeah, and that's the thing, Jeff, I was thinking about too, because I, I 
I was already, I was about to buy today at minus $1.45, and then I thought, do I wait? Do they lose? Because they're an underdog in game one. Mm-hmm. As JV, I mean, they lost to Portland last year in game one. They lost to Houston in game right. one, and then squashed both of those teams. So do they lose game one and then turn it around, and you get an opportunity to buy at a at a better price? Uh, that 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 remains to be seen. I, I haven't decided if I want to buy now or wait until Sunday or Monday. Uh, game one is on Sunday. I, I think Phoenix is going to win game one, so I would yeah. I would wait uh, on that strategy, Tim and. Uh, JVT, I, w- I want to ask you about a series that uh, t- I think Tim and I are going to see a little differently on, and that's the 4-5 in the East mm-hmm. with the Knicks and the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks about about a minus 120, minus 125 favorite, depending on where you're looking right now. Uh, the Knicks, uh, New York announced that they're going to be allowed to have 15,000 fans in there, so full-blown garden environment for that. What are you looking at in that series? What do you see for that Hawks and Knicks series? Uh, so this is one of the series that I've bet already, Jeff. So I laid a buck twenty with the Atlanta Hawks here. And you know, if you immediately look at the regular season, always very important. Uh, I think a lot of the rebuttal is going to be, well, the Knicks are three and zero. You're an idiot. They should probably be favored. But they, you know, dive into those matchups a little bit, right? Bogdan Bogdanovich missed a game. Lloyd Pierce was the coach for two of those games. Danilo Gallinari did not play in two of them. And Trey Young, in the final game of the season between these two clubs, left at the end of the third quarter with an ankle injury. And the Hawks up eight, and they eventually lose that game in over. Time. So there is some nuance to where you look at that three and zero season record against the Hawks for the Knicks, and you go, okay, well, you know, maybe it's not something that's fully there, right? Maybe we didn't really see a, enough from the Hawks because they were banged up, shorthanded in every single one of those. So now we get to this, and you just evaluate the teams overall. The, the Hawks have the higher end in terms of their offense. I don't think there's much argument about that. Trey Young and the ability to draw free throws, the shooters all around him, the scoring all around him. From a defensive standpoint, we can give the edge to New York. But I wrote about this this week as well, guys. The thing that has kind of bothered me here about the Knicks, despite the great defensive season that they have had, and this might sound, I guess, for lack of a better term, like I'm hating on them, they've been insanely lucky. They're they're the bottom in the league. I think of their second right now, or I guess you'd call it 29th, in terms of frequency of wide open attempts allowed, and yet they're second in field goal percentage on those shots. So they're giving up a wide open shots, no defender within six feet, but they're just not going down. And in a best of seven series, if you're consistently giving up those good looks to the same opponent on a night-to-night basis, that team is going to be able to take advantage of that. So I just think the ceiling is much higher for Atlanta. Now they're fully together. Outside of Cam Reddish, who is starting to run and get some basketball activities going, I wouldn't expect him back on the floor here, but this is a team that is all together except for one. And we've seen this team all together. They are the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. So I laid a buck 20 with Atlanta. I think they're going to win this thing. Ten seconds or less. Nuggets, Blazers. Blazers in some spots a favorite, JVT. Yeah, I took the plus 112 on the series price. Just a little one at the spot you're sitting at right now, guys. I just The, the edge is in the backcourt, sure, for Portland, but you know he's got a massive edge in the frontcourt with Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic, the Denver Nuggets. And I think that's going to play out. There he is, JVT, at me, JVT, on Twitter. Thanks, JVT. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Yep, you got it, guys. Thank you. Today, Tuesday. No, today's Thursday. Today's Thursday. Yeah, we'll Monday talk, for me. Talk to him next week. Um, do I get do I do I get greedy or yes. do I just accept that there's a possibility of a of a bigger payout? We'll discuss <laughs> what I'm talking about on the other side. It's the nightcap here on Veasan. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, 
pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here on Beeson, live from the Circus Sportsbook, and we were giving you live looks at the sportsbook as you know, early on. Now, tonight was supposed to be the watch party outside at Stadium Swim. Uh, VGK, the Vegas Golden Knights are here. Uh, not, not the team is here, but the, the cheerleaders, the chances here. Yeah, th- that guy. Um, <laughs> so uh, they were supposed to be, but uh, high winds, and uh, they moved it inside. Um, so they're they're here at the sports book and in at different spots, and it was uh, it was a little a little quiet in the first period when it was two nothing and looked to be three nothing wild. Um, what do we know? What the money line got to for the for the Golden Knights? That is a very good question. I'll have to check I, on that. I, I'm not sure on that, Tim. But uh, as of right now, you're laying over four dollars with VGK up three two. 
plus three ten uh, on DraftKings. What does it? What, what does that differentiate from here? Actually, minus it's uh, minus three thirty five and plus two eighty on Minnesota. So. Yeah. So uh, if you're in the newer jurisdictions and want to take a shot on the dog, you're getting a better number in the newer jurisdictions on Minnesota. If you want to lay the price with Vegas, you're doing better here. So uh, there you go. So for me, um, now I've got under five and a half. Yep. But my 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 initial wish was two to two and the regulation. I get my under and I get my plus 295 going to overtime. So now I just want overtime. Uh, I could I could still win. Obviously, worst case scenario is empty netter four two Golden Knights win. That would not that would really not be ideal for me. For what it's worth, after VGK took the three two lead, I took under six and a half. Or excuse me, not three two. When it was two to two, mm-hmm. I took under six and a half, and then immediately VGK scored to make it three to <laughs> two. So there you go. So I, I so we're in order again for your sake. I think you are right. I think you are rooting for three to three. Just get the game to overtime, 3 Go overtime. You get your plus price. Uh, for me, uh, let, let's have the game stay right here at 3-2. So I mean, you win, I, you're under 5.5. You win, you're under 5.5. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and I can get my 6.5 home. So. so we are headed to uh, the third period. Uh, we showed the uh, the live odds courtesy of our friends at DraftKings here at uh, Circa. The current price over-under is now 7.5 goals juiced heavily to the under, yes. minus $2, plus 175 to the over, and then VGK uh, is, what what, uh, what did I say, minus, minus 335, 335 yeah. uh, on the money line. So uh, that is where we stand there. Um, we're going to talk a little baseball MVP. Uh, we, we held this. We held it back for you. Now, we talked a little bit with, uh, with uh, New York's own John Yastrzemski yesterday, uh, and uh, if there was a, a good value play on Aaron Judge. No. Uh, but we'll get to uh, the, the, the market adjustment here in just a little bit. Uh, but going over the evening that has been uh, in both hoops and hockey, uh, the, the Canadian series, it's so strange because we had to finish out the regular season up north of the border. So tonight was Montreal and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Game one, Toronto, the favorite to come out of the Canadian pod, and they dropped game one to Montreal. And once again, as I mentioned, uh, you could have got a pretty nice money line price. It looks like South Point and DraftKings both at plus 180, and Montreal gets a 2-1 victory over that, uh, over over Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh wins tonight to take a 2-1 series lead. They were a... Uh, Looked like a pretty much a pick'em. Yeah, spots. They, they were a dog for a small part of the day. They were a favorite for a small part of the day. Big coin flip game there on, on the island. Yeah, uh, and then uh, Florida gets the win over Tampa Bay, which is uh, which is good for both of us. Yes, it's very good for us uh, uh, because we would have been dead if Tampa had held that two goal lead. Yeah, I've got a, a little bit on the Florida series price. I think I got plus one thirty five here at Circuit. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about what I got. And as they well. were down o uh, two. They get mm-hmm. the win on the road today at Tampa, six to five. The winner, uh, a pretty easy uh, no sweat on the total there. No, well that series has been completely out of control. That first game was one of the, was the most entertaining watch of the whole playoffs so far. Even though we ended up on the wrong side, game two, uh, a little bit, bit sleepier in comparison to these other two games. But again, uh, they the goalie controversy, goalie controversy now with the Panthers. I think you go back to Bobrovsky, who pitched uh, pitched the shutout in the uh, third period in overtime after uh, Florida gave up five in the second period tonight. Tim. 
And earlier tonight on the hardwood, the Wizards grabbed the eighth seed in the West. Uh, sorry, in the East. That would be weird if they were in the West. Uh, they win 142-115 to 115 over the Pacers. Uh, your total goes well over tonight of 240, and the Wizards cover the 3.5 with ease. So the Wizards will now get the Philadelphia 76ers Game 1 on Sunday afternoon in the city of brotherly love. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. A little AL MVP talk. Is it time for Shohei Otani to bring home some hardware? We'll discuss those odds next right here on the Nightcap. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion and i'm anisa ferrer and i've been gracing your screens for the last two decades i am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star and speaking of all-stars all-stars four is finally here i'm gonna be honest i literally thought this day was never going to come well the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players redemption seekers and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
NHL and NBA playoffs are here and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil is tracking all the NHL action and our senior NBA analyst who you just heard from, Jonathan Von Tobel, has all of the hoops insights. Our experts and the entire VEASAN team give you all the tools to make the most of every bet on the playoffs, including odds and analysis for every game on vcin.com and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to cash in this playoff season. Sign up for your 10-day free trial, vcin.com backslash subscribe. It is the nightcap here on vcin intermission heading into the third period. Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild in the Twin Cities. It is a 3-2 VGK lead. Producer Aaron Oster let us know that here at Circa, the peak plus 445 for the Golden Knights on the money line. That's, uh, that's a pretty nice whopping price if, well, you, uh, if you hopped in. But look, this the way that VGK has played offensively so far in this series, not many people believe that they had the let alone the ability to come back, but to score three goals in one period. Well, the, and also, too, we, we, we mentioned it earlier, Minnesota played VGK really well this year. The only team to win the season series against VGK in the West Division this year. So, look, a very impressive period. And, look, uh, for Minnesota, you didn't have the worst period of the day that anyone had because Florida gave up five. In the second period, and still won. I came back and won the game in overtime. So, look, I, I would, I wouldn't bet Minnesota right now. I, I think this is one of those now where, all right, they got the lead back. If you're VGK, Flurry really settled in after a very rough first period. So, uh, I, I would not be looking to bet that uh, that plus uh, plus three ten at DraftKings if you want it right now in Minnesota. I would not look to do that. Well, it's funny, and uh, tomorrow or maybe tonight, we'll see what happens. You never know, uh, but. Banksy, Darren Banks, who joins us every Friday, former Boston Bruin, now works uh, here uh, at Circa. I was about to go down and make a play, and he said, hey, wh- what, are, what are you going to play? And I said, I was thinking about playing under 4.5 alt line, which was plus 210, and he said, don't do it. And then he said, well, go do it, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I said, uh, uh and I, I didn't ultimately pull the trigger, so I have to thank Banksy tomorrow. We'll see if the, save you some scratch. Yeah, we'll see if the under comes home, as that's going to be a sweat five and a half. But like I said, I'd prefer overtime here. Uh, that would be that would be better for me. I know not for you. End the game right here. Don't <laughs> go in. Don't. Go, I don't want four two now because I don't want you to lose both. I know. I, I don't want you to lose both. Empty Let's, netter would be uh, empty netter would be rough. That would be very bad. And it's possible. You. I mean, oh, it, uh, I mean, obviously in a in a playoff game that is very very possible uh, for that to come home. So uh, just uh, we're about to get the uh, third period underway. VGK and the Minnesota Wild final game of the night tomorrow. We will have Grizzlies and Warriors. Uh, Midway through, as that game will tip off. Uh, actually, we'll probably be wrapping up right around this time tomorrow. Uh, so nice, uh, a little juicier slate tomorrow, and then the playoffs get rolling uh, for the NBA on Saturday. But what a wild movement it has been for the American League MVP. As Shohei Otani is now your favorite overwhelmingly mm-hmm. at BetMGM. He is plus 110. And to look at the movement. He opened 11 to 1. May 3rd, 17 days ago, plus 850. 
10 days ago, 7 to 1. Three days ago, 5 to 1. Mike Trout gets hurt, plus 125, and now he's plus 110. He's been unbelievable. The home run he hit the, uh, the other day that was a fastball about right around his shoulders. I mean, the dude has been absolutely ridiculous. And then he's, oh yeah, he's a pitcher as well. He's doing all right there, too. What do you think of this AL MVP market right now? Well, I've even seen Otani odds on in some spots, which crazy. I, I'm just I'm just making sure it's May 20th. Yeah, I mean, like, he's what? not Mike Trout. Now, well, here's the thing: he might be this year's Mike Trout because Trout's going to be out an extended sure. period of time, and the Angels uh, have had uh, have had individual award success with having zero playoff wins mm-hmm. in the past decade. So, look, I, the big question is, Tim: if it's not Otani, then who is it? That's the problem here. Vlad Jr. is having a great year, but I don't see that. And then you go down the board. Trout is the third favorite, even though he's going to miss a month. So those numbers are only going to get steeper. So right. don't bet. If you're thinking, oh, we can get Mike Trout at 12 to 1 to win the MVP, don't bet it right now. It's going to get better than that. That number is going to get better. I you think. missed six to eight weeks, man. Yeah, and I don't even know if you can win it missing that long. Yeah, I, don't, time anyway. I don't know if you can pull that Then off. you get into the Yankees and Red Sox category of the three. I don't think Aaron Judge, unless if he gets really hot as an MVP candidate, Giancarlo's on the IL, and we know his injury history is not good. J.D. Martinez is interesting, but I'm not even certain that he's the best player on that team. I think Rafael Devers is. So Devers, who isn't even on that screen right there at BetMGM, north of 30-1. to 1, Rafael Devers, I look at. I look at Jose Ramirez, too, at 25-1. to 1. He might lead the, the majors in home runs. And if Cleveland makes the playoffs, which as a wild card is a distinct possibility, I don't think they can catch the White Sox in the Central, Tim. But 25-1 to 1 for a guy who might lead the league in homers and Someone who may have an OPS uh, that's over well over a thousand, Jose Ramirez would be worth a play at twenty-five to one. But again, you're going to give a guy who plays for Cleveland the MVP over the guy playing in LA who plays both ways and does it both the both He's got the plays, plays both right well now. and may lead the league in homers as it is anyway. It's just a tough sell. I don't think this market's really bettable right now unless if you take a shot with a again. Uh, a Rafael Devers, who's north of thirty to one, that would probably be the the play I would take here, Tim. Yeah, Rafael Devers, uh, eleven homers, thirty four RBI already. So, um, you know, and you, you got a team that's that's, that's winning the AL East. In a big market. Do too. they? Now you you know, the Yankees have so much talent. Do you think the Red Sox lead in the division is sustainable? Do you no. think? They, yeah. No. No. <laughs> I. I the Yankees, to me, have withstood their fiasco this year. They withstood it. They're within two and a half games. They're winning that division. It's just a matter of now, are they good enough to win the pennant? Are they good enough to get to the World Series? Are they good enough to win the World Series? But the Yankees the Yankees are winning that division. Uh, the only thing that could hurt them is that Tampa Bay owns them, and the Rays are on a big winning streak right now. That's the team that I would look at that could possibly beat the Yankees in that division. I told all of you guys, take the Canadian Corey Connors to lead the PGA Championship after the first round. I told everyone. Oh, I must have said that after the show yesterday. I must have missed that. Corey Connors, he's your leader at the PGA Championship. Is that lead sustainable? What should we expect tomorrow? Brady Cannon will join us to talk some PGA Championship next right here on the Nightcap.
looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here from the Circus Sportsbook. Jeff Parles, Tim Murray, and our next guest. You know him, you love him, at Las Vegas Golfer on Twitter. It is Brady Cannon, co-host of The Long Shots. You see him all over the network and read his work. Uh, now, vsin.com looking ahead to tomorrow, and him and Wes Reynolds will be writing away all weekend long for vsin.com uh, as, uh, of course, you can bet on second-round matchups and, and adjusted odds. So, Brady, let's start with the top of the leaderboard here at Circa. Your leader, Corey Connors, now 6-1 to one, uh, to win the PGA Championship. Uh, I saw a matchup. He's got a matchup tomorrow here at Circa with, uh, with Joaquin Neiman. Uh, what did you make of Corey Connors' first round, and is the way that he played on those conditions down there at Kiwa Island sustainable, you think, for the next couple days? Yeah, and that's exactly the question, you know, and you talk about, you know, what did I make of the way he played, and he kind of played above his head a little bit That to answer your next question. I don't think it's sustainable. Now, part of his game, the ball striking, that that's his forte. Uh, he's a very good uh, player off of the tee, gained strokes off the tee, very accurate off the tee, uh, and one of the best iron players in the world, uh, number six on tour in strokes gained on approach. Now, the short game has always been a nightmare for Corey Connors, 152nd on tour in strokes gained around the greens. So uh, the fact that he gained like 3.6 strokes on the field today in putting, that's a total outlier. And you would expect that to revert towards the norm for Corey Connors. Now, do I think he's going to completely collapse? No, not at all. He's an extremely good player. Just finished top 10 at the Masters. So even at 6-1, to one, I don't think he's an awful bet, but my gut would tell me I don't think he's going to go on to win this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he shot, like, even par tomorrow. You know, I don't think he's going to go ahead and shoot five over, um, but maybe one over or something like that. He's going to come back to the pack a little bit, and uh, he's in a matchup there against Joaquin Neiman. What's yep. the price on that? Did you happen to see yep. a price on that? I've got it right here. That's what I was going to follow up as we chat with Brady Cannon. Uh, Con- uh, Connors, minus a dollar. 25 and Neiman plus 105 tomorrow. I'd, I'd probably take Neiman there because Connors certainly is the player that's due a little bit more for a letdown. Now, Neiman didn't have a bad round either today, shooting a one under par 71, but you know, I kind of would actually rather bet on Neiman at this point to win the golf tournament more so than I would on Corey Connors. So maybe even a, a little dabble in that uh, second round matchup on Neiman as well. And Jeff uh, Neiman right now, thirty-six to one here at Circa to uh, to win. Those are his adjusted odds right now. Brady, uh, I-, I was going to uh, just talk about the 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 adjusted odds to win and. The guy who's sitting in second in most spots is the guy that I think actually should be favored right now, and that's uh, the Norwegian product, Victor Hovland, who went out today, uh, shot three under, uh, is in awesome form right now going into this tournament, Brady. I I was a little bit surprised to see Hovland not as the favorite going into this. What What are your thoughts on his prospects for the rest of the tournament? Well, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I really love Hovland. I have him pre-tournament in pocket as well. 
and I think he's got a great shot to go on and win this. But I think with a two-shot difference there, you know, that's why Connors is, is certainly the favorite. I, I found it a little odd that John Rahm, you know, at even par after one round is, uh, you know, on such a short price uh, and too short of a price, in my opinion. Uh, of course, he and Kepka are the big names, and their prices are going to be short. Kepka's hard to figure out. You know, he, obviously, he misses the cut, and, and we saw how much he suffered from the knee injury at the Masters. And then he comes out and has a tremendous round today. Now, is he going to regress? Is the knee completely 100%? That, that's a real unknown for me. But, uh, yeah, Victor Hovland, you know, I'm very pleased with how he did today. And, uh, I, again, I, I, you know, as far as being the favorite on the odds board, I don't know if you can make that price. But I agree with you, Jeff, in my head. I certainly like him better than Corey Connors to win this championship. Talking once again with Brady Cannon. Uh, Brady, of the big names, uh, you know, we, we saw, you know, DJ shot four over today. Uh, Rory, uh, excuse me, uh, Jordan Spieth shot one over. Justin Thomas, three over. Who do you think, um, you know, maybe there was just some, some bad luck or, or whatever it may have been. Who of those big names that, that were getting a lot of buzz? You know, Rory was the favorite coming into this tournament, uh, considering what he did recently and his, his past uh, at Kiwa Island winning it nine years ago. Who do you think of those big names as, a, as an opportunity to bounce back from a, a subpar performance today? Yeah, I, I was kind of against Rory uh, to begin with, Tim. So to see him struggle a little bit didn't completely surprise me. Uh, Justin Thomas, you know, I, I was kind of neutral on him. I didn't know what he was going to do. But I really expected Spieth and Dustin Johnson to do very well. And if you look at the rounds that they shot today, both of them just couldn't make a putt. Dustin Johnson basically parred every single hole and just made two double bogeys and couldn't make a birdie. So he didn't really have a crazy round. He just had a couple bad holes. And Spieth, who's you know typically one of the best putters in the world, he just couldn't hole a putt either. So I would expect those two guys to possibly get hot on Friday and maybe come back to the pack a little bit and and make the cut. And who knows if they can you know eventually get into contention. But I wouldn't be surprised by a good round by those two guys tomorrow. Uh, Rory and Thomas. I wouldn't necessarily bet on them, you know, having a real positive round tomorrow. I mean, it's likely. Typically, that's the way golf goes. It's just kind of a pendulum, you know, it goes up and down. But um, I'm not real high on them, or I was not real high on Rory pre-tournament, and especially after what he and JD, uh, JT did today, uh, I'm probably going to stay away from both of them. Brady, uh, Phil Mickelson, uh, for the second uh, time in three weeks, uh, out of nowhere with a good first round, uh, in the top 10 through one round uh, at two under. Uh, Brady, is he on the fatalist tomorrow after this really good round today? And we saw what happened uh, at Quail Hollow two weeks ago after a, a similarly good start. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, and it was great to see. And unfortunately, you know, my answer there is probably the right answer, I'm, I'm betting. But, yeah, that, that was awesome. And if he proves me wrong tomorrow, that'd be great, too. But, no, you, you know, I mean, I, I think it was uh, – there was a golfer out there that – and it might have been Mickelson. I just can't recall. Uh, I, I was out on Twitter saying, what's the number on his round for tomorrow? And I said 73 and a half. And uh, a couple of our friends, uh, Jeff Davis there at Circa, uh, Jeff uh, 
uh, Jeff Sherman over at Westgate. They set the number at 72.5, and I think it was lefty, in fact. He shot 75. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all by a 75 tomorrow either, unfortunately. But um, I tell you what, you know, and he is kind of like Kepka, Jeff, where he started off very sloppy and really reeled it in and got it together and shot a great round for the final 14 or 15 holes or whatever. So maybe that's a sign that he does have a little something going. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, you know, if you could find him in a matchup or – and I don't expect him to miss the cut necessarily at this point. Um, but uh, if you can find him in some sort of market where you have an opportunity to fade him, I, I think that's probably the way to go. Well, let me bring it up. Uh, and, and once again, uh, as we always say, and, and we, everyone on this network, you know, I think we should have shirts, which is shop around, right? We should all just wear that somewhere. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, like that. <laughs> but uh, the, the, I'm looking at the Circa app. I've just got it up right now. Matt Fitzpatrick is his matchup tomorrow. He shot one over today, Brady. Uh, and uh, he's he's a, he's pricey. He's minus a dollar eighty against Phil. So is that uh, too wow. too 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 rich for your blood? Yeah, yeah. it is. And I thought you might say minus one fifty, and then mm-hmm. I would probably say you know take a shot. One eighty is really expensive, and maybe that's been moved. Maybe it yeah. opened a little bit lower than that. Um, and I wouldn't even take Mickelson probably at plus 160 or whatever the buyback is. Uh, I, I certainly think Fitzpatrick's probably the right side there, but no, I'm not going to spend uh, uh, minus 180 on that. So, it, it, you know, and Fitzpatrick pre-tournament was a guy that a lot of wise guys really liked. His odds really plummeted, and, you know, he made a lot of sense. Um, great short game, great iron player, very accurate off the tee, and I was kind of surprised by his round a little bit today. Uh, as I was by Mickelson, so I could kind of see the reverse happening tomorrow. Chatting once again with Brady Cannon at Las Vegas Golfer. I was just reading his uh, his article already up on vsin.com, so make sure to check that out and all throughout the weekend and uh, check uh, Brady out uh, over the weekend as well. Uh, you mentioned Brooks uh, Kepka. I think I saw him yesterday. He was at 54-1. to 1 to win yeah. this, and he's yeah. now three under. Uh, he's, he's won this tournament. Now he's not won it at Kiwa Island, but he's won the PGA before. Um, at 12-1 to 1, uh, here at Circa, too short for Brooks Kepka now? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Uh, I, I'd probably want him more in the neighborhood of, like, 18. Um, I, I certainly don't think you're going to find 20. That, that would be, um, you know, too far to the other end. But uh, 12 is too low for me. 16 maybe, you know, 16 yeah. to 18 might might be a number where I think he was worth a, a couple of shekels. But, again, I think there's the uncertainty. He, he, he proved, I, you know, or he made an attempt to prove to us today that he's healthy, but I still don't know if, if that's going to be 100% true. I, I think we'll know for sure tomorrow, Tim. And if he really performs well tomorrow, then maybe we're going to sit here and say 12 was a bargain. But I, I'm not going to jump in at this point. All right. But uh, we are going Joaquin Neiman plus the money tomorrow, Jeff. We're, we're in. Uh, Brady, great stuff as always. Once again, check out his work, vcin.com. Uh, appreciate it, Brady. Yeah, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Take care. There he is. Brady Cannon, at Las Vegas Golfer on Twitter. Uh, always just does a fine job. Him and Wes Reynolds give you the long shots each and every week here on VEASAN. Take a look at Vegas and Minnesota. Where we are, where are our bets, how are we feeling? And also take a look at some series prices. Really dive into the NBA on the other side. It's the nightcap here on VEASAN. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.